Today's scripture reading is from Mark chapter 15, verses 21 through 24. And they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull. And they offered him wine mingled with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his garments among them, casting lots for them to decide what each should take. The word of the Lord. Webb refused to assign meaning to it, refused to allow meaning to be assigned to it by whatever involuntary mechanisms or machinations continued to work behind his conscious will or beneath his stilted soul, despite his clear and expressed decision to stop it. It wasn't expressed, this decision, verbally expressed, not spoken out loud, He didn't want, I'm not Jesus, to hear him talking to himself. And in no way, he thought to himself, is it even necessary to verbalize an internal decision, an instruction to the subconscious? He was going to chuckle at the coincidence. Not a sign meaning, chuckle. Yes, chuckle. Chuckle at the coincidence. Not even wonder at it. Not even allow it to give him pause not even allow it to make him think. And certainly he would not be considering the possibility that it was more than a coincidence. Chuckle. Chuckle is all he would allow. Maybe a raise of the right corner of his mouth and a brief, very brief shake of the head and one chuckle. Nothing. Nothing going on and on, no chuckle. It was a measured and appropriate response, he thought to himself. A measured and appropriate response to such a coincidence. It was definitely a one chuckle, slight corner of the mouth raised, brief head shake level of coincidence. And to affirm this um, assertion, he proceeded. (laughs) I'm sorry, did you say something? It's kind of hard to hear. I'm not, Jesus said loudly, with the engine noise and the windows open and the radio turned up. Webb, a little startled, in a, I'm pretty sure he can't hear what I'm thinking way, turned his head quickly toward the passenger seat, not exactly meeting his eyes, and smiled full and nodded his head vigorously to indicate, no, 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 I did not say a thing. Webb was on his way back to his parents' house in Seattle after an extended stay in the slabs out in the desert east of the Salton Sea. He bought this 1974 VW camper bus at the end of the school year back east with the thought that he would take six weeks or so to make his way across the country to Seattle. That would give him some time before he had to face his parents, and then he would only have to stay there three weeks before it would be time to drive back to school. 
He ended up leaving before the semester ended, and once he got to the slabs, he got stuck there and stayed until the day before yesterday. And today was the day that he was finally driving out of the Imperial Desert, November 27, the 331st day of the year, with the Salton Sea in his rearview mirror, he was heading up west on 78, straight to the mountains. He knew a girl in Julian he wanted to see before heading north. The wind rolled down the valley, broadsiding the VW bus, pushing through the open windows and trying to shoulder it into the next lane. It was hard to hear, but there was no air conditioning in the VW, not even a radiator to cool the engine, and even in November, it was hot. The windows had to stay open. And besides, he didn't want to have to talk to I'm not Jesus. He didn't want to be unfriendly. He just did not want to get into anything with him. This was the kind of thing that got stuck in his head and raced around and around and around and he couldn't stop it and it wouldn't let him go. He turned and looked at I'm not Jesus, who turned and looked at Webb and smiled. Webb turned back and stared at the road, his mind rehearsing the coincidence, rehearsing the coincidence, repeating the coincidence to establish it once again, to reinforce its status as a mere coincidence, with no implied or concrete meaning. Webb knew that the day was November 27th and that it was the 331st day of the year because for the last seven months, he began his day with the children's Bible in 365 stories. He found it the day he set out on his trip. It was stuck in the bus he just bought in a cubby behind the fold-out table with an ancient box of condoms and a little woven zippered hippie bag with yellowed rolling papers inside. He kept the book and tossed the rest. The book was from the 70s and had the most amazing illustrations. All the characters, all the characters, from Moses to Jesus to Mary, looked exactly like Chuck Norris. And not Chuck Norris, but Chuck Norris with a confused look on their faces. As if they were saying, okay, so this is the story of Mary being visited by the angel. So why am I, Chuck Norris, here? And then the angel was looking like, yeah, and why am I also Chuck Norris here? The stories were all numbered by the day of the year, 1 through 365. So before he started out for the day, on that first day, he turned to the story for April 27th, the 117th day of the year, and he read the story, and he liked it. It was straightforward, only a couple paragraphs long, interesting. So he decided to do it every day, every day on his trip. He read the story for that day. It was his way of marking the days. He didn't look at a calendar. And he started referring to the days by their number, not their month or the day. Reading every day's story in the morning was this little ritual that he liked. He never meditated on the stories or prayed or tried to gain any spiritual meaning from them. He was done with all that. He'd had enough of that. 
He just liked the stories and he liked the ritual. This morning, when he pulled out the book and noticed that it was the 331st day of the year, he read the story of Simon of Cyrene, who is forced to carry the cross for Jesus. He knew the story pretty well because he was really into the Harlem Renaissance poets, really into them, deeper than Langston Hughes, way deep. And for his 20th century lit class, he'd written a paper analyzing Conte Cullen's poem, Simon of Cyrene, the Cyrenian Speaks. He'd memorized it. He never spoke a word to me, and yet he called my name. He never gave a sign to me, and yet I knew and came. At first I said, I will not bear his cross upon my back. He only seeks to place it there because my skin is black. But he was dying for a dream, and he was very meek, and in his eyes there shone a gleam, men journey far to seek. It was himself my pity bought. I did for Christ alone what all of Rome could not have wrought with bruise or lash or stone. This poem had given Webb such a hard time. He didn't understand it, especially in the context of Conti Cullen's other work. In his most famous poem, Yet I Do Marvel, he questions God. He questions God and the suffering that God allows. I doubt my God is good. I doubt not God is good, well-meaning, kind. And did he stoop to quibble, could tell why. The little buried mole continues blind. Why flesh that mirrors his must someday die. Make plain the reason, tortured Tatalus is bailed by the fickle fruit. Declare it merely brute caprice does Sisyphus to struggle up a never-ending stare. He'd wrestled and written, Conti Cullen, about a god of power, a god of the empire, a god of strength was no longer relevant couldn't work anymore, couldn't work for him, couldn't work for his people. He was uninterested and rejected the God of the Romans, rejected this God of empire, the God of the United States of America. And he said he could not come back until he, to God until he found a post-empire Jesus one that allowed a little bit more space, one that could move around and love freely. Webb dug deep, became obsessed with the passage in the Bible and Conti Cullen and his search for a post-empire Jesus. What does that kind of Jesus mean? And in this passage, of Simon of Cyrene, he saw Conti trying to wrestle with the idea of a weak Messiah, of a weak Savior, of somebody who needed 
help. This Jesus, this God that cannot even make it to his own sacrifice without the help of some human. Can God really be that weak? Is it all a show? Can God really need people to even be God, God's self? If God's that weak, Webb thought, what is the point of God at all? What is the point of God? Conti said that a weak God is necessary if God is going to be present in the world. Weak God is needed. A God in the world needs to be a weak force for that God to embody love, forgiveness. Relationships, he said, require vulnerability, weakness, an all-powerful, imperial God just doesn't work anymore. Webb was never sure where he landed with all that weakness of God. He got a B on the paper. So with all that swirling around in his head after reading that story that morning, before he set out, he was driving, driving and thinking about a weak God, about a God without sovereignty, about a God without power, about a God without the ability to condemn anybody to hell or even to hold them down. He knew what his dad would think of this God. And even he couldn't understand how to embrace this to understand it. And he just wanted to stop thinking about it. And God and his dad and where he was going and as he was driving, he looked out and he saw this man by the side of the road waving his arms, waving his arms to get Webb to stop. As he got closer, you can see the guy's wearing some kind of burly blanket, something. And as Webb slows down the bus to pull over, the guy bends down and with some effort picks up an actual giant cross and puts it on one shoulder. He's waving with the other arm for Webb to stop. Webb pulls up to the guy, even. Yes, he is wearing a Jesus-y type robe. He has a cross on his shoulder, and he looks exactly like Chuck Norris. The guy says, hey, thanks, my wheel broke. What? Webb says, my wheel, my wheel broke. He points to the ground, where's the broken off wheel at the end of his cross. He's like, I need a ride, just till like, someone can fix it someplace with a welder. Webb was not going to think about this in any way beyond the fact that it was someone who needed help. 
He tried not to acknowledge as he hoisted the cross up onto the top of his VW bus that it was anything other than some lumber. They tied it down. They threw the broken wheel in the back, slammed the doors, and the guy turned to Webb, stuck out his hand, and said, I'm not Jesus. Webb said, I didn't think you were. Well, a lot of people want to know if I think I'm Jesus. I'm not Jesus. I don't think you're Jesus. I'm just saying I'm not. Webb started the bus and headed up 78 to the mountains, driving, not wanting to think anymore. He turned the radio up loud, loud. He could hear the cones and the speakers almost ripping, he thought. He wanted to stop thinking. As they began the ascent, the climb up the mountain, the bus strained under the load. And he heard the radio say, Today is November 27th. Birthdays of Bruce Lee, Bill Nye the Science Guy, Jimi Hendrix, Twista the Rapper, Anders Celsius the Scientist, and the Harlem Renaissance poet, Conti Cullen.